This week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Super Mario Bros. Super Show, episode number 51, Star Koopa. May the pasta be with you. And with you. <laughs> also with you. And upon you. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible. It's like we're eight but without the potential. My name's Adam. I am Matt. I am David. They call me Mike. We do. We do call you Mike. This is one of those core memories for me. Super Mario Brothers Super Show is... Really? Yeah, it's a core really? memory. Wow. Huh. I'm sorry, Mike. So, is, this is, is like a more important memory? than like your first birthday. I don't remember my first birthday, but I remember the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. That's why I'm saying it. Replaced yeah. it. All right. So we're just not going to have much of a Marin open, I guess. Let's get into it. So Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, it aired from September 4th to December 1st in 1989. They did the whole trick of uh, showing an episode every day for 65 days. It was 65, right? I believe so, yeah. I think it's on there for 65 episodes. For 65 days... Every, week, to every get... weekday or every yeah, day? Week, every weekday. Every weekday, okay. sorry. Yeah. So you have the, it, the four Mario shows and then the Zelda show on Friday. Yeah, on it Fridays. It's what I look forward to after every day of being in school and forced to be social. Really? Yeah. This was like what you were dreaming of? Yeah. Where I could go home and... Watch a show about video games, then play video games. What grade were we in in 1991? We were nine years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we were in nine-year-old grade. Let me actually get back into it. So it was aired from September 4th to December 1st in 1989. So it wasn't 1991. Yes. Um, and it actually was 1991. September 4th to December 1st, 1989. It was what produced by Saban Productions, part of uh, Dick Enterprises, ah. in, uh, in uh, partnership with Nintendo of America. So, is it just me, or does Saban sound delicious? It does. But have you actually seen Saban, like the man? Oh no! I assumed it was like a supermodel, a, a Danish supermodel. Saban. No, no. Have you shaken your Saban bon? Saban was actually an older, if I recall correctly, he's a, uh, well, he's now an older gentleman, but he was a gentleman that was getting into kid shows and did a lot of shady shit. Like, there was a lot of mundry laundering associated with his productions. Very interesting. Mm. I, I did not know that. They had the logo where it went, and then you saw, the, like, the electric graphic uh, hit the uh, O. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very nice. So I never saw this show. I I remember knowing about it and hearing about it, but I never saw it. I watch this a lot. The The only thing I can clearly remember about the show is at one point, the mafia visits Mario. Oh, really? He has to like cook them spaghetti or something. This is the in the live action portion. In the live action portion. Yeah. Oh my I god. Can see that. I, I can see didn't that. much care for the live action portion. I remember yeah, there would always be like some 
quote unquote famous person. Um, but I was there for the cartoons. Yeah. Wait a minute, you didn't enjoy the live action portion? I did not. Mike, what? I don't go, I don't understand that. You know, Adam, why don't you tell us about the different parts of the show? Yes. <laughs> okay. For, the, for those are who sure? are, are, you guys who are want to do that? uninitiated. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys already hit on that. Uh, it was it aired every day of the week on Fridays. It had the animated serial for uh, the Legend of Zelda mixed into it. The source material for this show was just Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers Two. And as we all know from previous mentions in this series, really? uh, Super Mario Brothers Two is uh, Yumi Kojo. I could have uh, sworn today's episode was like Super Mario World. Nope. No. 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 Th this came out in 1989, and Super Mario Brothers uh, Three did not come out till 1991. I think 1990. The actually. cactuses were the the cactuses were in two. They were yeah, too. Because you could knock pieces at them by throwing the turnips at them. Yep, yep. But Super Mario Brothers, I don't think that they even took into account Super Mario Brothers World. They specifically said the source material was Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 2. So. But Super Mario Brothers 2, we know, was the reskinning of a Japanese game called uh, Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic. Because Nintendo of North America thought that Super Mario Brothers 2, the actual Japanese version, was too difficult for Western audiences. So they wanted to do a different game, and Nintendo of Japan rushed to basically just reskin a game they already had. Oh, does that mean that Super Mario Brothers three lines up across the countries? Super Mario Brothers three does. Super Mario Brothers three, uh, I actually think, first came out in the U.S. in July of nineteen eighty nine uh, in arcades. And then it came. It came to the U.S. for home consoles on February twelfth of nineteen ninety. Well, it first came out in movie form. So yeah, it was. Three. It was uh, featured in the the Wizard. Oh, that's the, right. Yes, the movie yes. The Wizard with Fred yeah. Savage. Um, yep. It was like it was direct advertising, but yeah. it was what was uh, amazing uh, at the time was that it was the same as the Japanese version, as like you guys yeah. mentioned, and. Uh, there was always localization and there was this lag of years, but that's when the technology gap and, you know, the, uh, the world started shrinking in terms of video games and stuff in Japan coming to the United States almost unaltered. Yeah. Before that's we, the, that's before when we the go further, I just up. need to make one quote from The Wizard, and that was, in that movie, the bad guy says, we were afraid that you were going to whiz all over us. And I just want to make it clear that that was a line in a movie. <laughs> Is that how they got the title? Classic. The, the Wizard? Because the character I think was they actually reverse engineered it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they reverse engineered it from that line. They were like, we've got a killer line for the bad guy. Do you think that's... there's a title here? Classic Wizard. And that's when the writer's like, <laughs> of course we got a title here, Benny. Mock it up. Benny, what, what's he doing? He's peeing? No, he's no, whizzing. he's whizzing. He's got to be a wizard. He he's a wizard. Be a wizard. Uh, I'd like to go back, actually, to one thing you said, Adam. You said the yep. source material was Super Mario's 1 and Super Mario's 2. It was Super but Mario Brothers I think and Super Mario Brothers 2. Yes. Super's, Super's Mario's 1 and Super's Mario's 2. 
the movie. But I think you're ignoring the third source material, and that is the rich tapestry of Italian-American life in Brooklyn. It's the immigrant story. It's the godfather. It's the other stuff that's got Italians in it. It's well, moonlighting. This is why I was thinking about, not moonlighting, it's because um, moonlighting was about that private detective agency. I don't know anything about these Italians. You're thinking of, uh, I think you're th thinking of Moonlight, the Nicolas Cage share movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Moonlight. Moonlight, no, yeah. 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 Is that Moonlight or Moonlighting? I think it's Moonlighting, but I, you Damn. know what? Who cares? What's important is Italians. Italians are always important. Well, this is the reason, this is the reason why I was, this is what I was thinking of when, uh, David had mentioned the Mafia showing up and them having to make spaghetti dinner for them. I was like, well, of course they had to make a spaghetti dinner. It wasn't because they were the Mafia. It's because they had to show Italian hospitality to their guests. Mm -hmm. And they had to show their guests respect, regardless of whether or not they were going to be taking it to the mattresses later on. Or sleeping with the fishes. Moonstruck! That's what it was. That's what Moonstruck. it was. There Down we go. Lights, Moonstruck. They Moon go to the strike. opera. Night at the opera? That was yeah. a great Marx Brothers movie. So, so yeah, the Italian immigrant tapestry the immigrant that's woven experience. Into, into the fact that it's also mm -hmm. like Brooklyn. It's the uh, It is one the and the New same York with immigrant. the story of America. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, something that I didn't understand, going back to some of the source material, is at this point in time, they did have the original Mario video game. And they also had Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. So why didn't they actually try to pull and those Zelda. characters in? In the original Zelda, yeah. But they didn't take any of the characters from like Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr. Was it because they were worried Maybe about... Maybe they weren't marketable. Or were they worried about... Yeah, could have uh, been they didn't have the license. Well, they, they were working with well, uh, Nintendo of America. So they had that partnership, so they should have been able to achieve that or get that license in some fashion. Maybe they were too afraid that they would be too close to the Saturday morning supercade. Or maybe... I, I doubt it. Maybe this is... Um, what's her name? Penelope? Erasure? Penelope? Who was the name of... Uh, Daisy? Daisy Erasure? Daisy? Was that the original character? Yeah. Is this Daisy or Peach? This is Peach. I think it's Peach. Because they specifically call her uh, the Toadstool Princess. So, But anyway, the way that the show is designed is every cartoon portion of the show was a parody of a book, movie, or historical event. And every cartoon a also poor, a opens... Poor a poor parody, yes. But every cartoon also opened with a plumber's log, which was a ripoff of Star Trek The Next Generation. And that's where Mario gives the exposition of what's going on in the cartoon that we're kind of falling into. So, initially I thought the plumber's log was just for this particular episode, because we're going to be touching on a space adventure episode. And I thought they were mm -hmm. just sort of mixing two properties together. Uh, but maybe they weren't. Who knows? Space and logs. In the canon of the show, the live-action plumbers are actually supposed to be the cartoon characters 
but the live action parts of their life occurred prior to them being sucked into the portal through the bathtub into the toadstool toadstool kingdom even though they have no knowledge yeah but in the cartoon yeah in the live action version they do mention the zelda cartoon clips so it's like they are seeing the cartoon portion of their future lives so it's some sort of weird meta commentary about the progression of time like some sort of strange mobius strip that's been freshly baked and placed into a cupboard and collapses in upon itself I thought we were seeing a documentary about uh, two Brooklyn men slowly going insane. I thought it, it could was be a that uh, too. could be that a, a hard look at how racist things were back in the uh, late eighties and early nineties. Mm-hmm. Could be that racist too. against Italians. Well, not racist only that, uh, also Native Americans. When uh, Wendy from the Wonder Years uh, comes on playing a Native American girl. Um, Ooh. And, <laughs> oh my! And, uh, I, I could continue to go on, but that's like episode one, and it just smacks you in the face. Uh, so like, you, oh. so you have a lot of vivid memories about the show, though. You've gone back. Like you, you actually, know I've actually, wa- I, I, I've rewatched them um, because oh, it did? showed up on <laughs> it showed up on some streaming service, and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna watch this so I can see if my kids could watch it too. And I'm like, no, nope. nope. <laughs> one. The uh the live action will have to skip through, which is great because streaming allows you to do that. But then I yeah. went to the cartoon portion, and they promptly walked off. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess you know you can't, you know you, you can't can't have biology, um, you know, uh, something something good taste. I don't know. Yeah, m- there's there's a punchline for you know, mm-hmm. in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been any good Mario games for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, who what's even funny is Nintendo. I was actually thinking about when we were kids and like, I feel like one of the games that was fundamental for all of us in that developmental age, because we were all around 10 when it came out, I think we all played it, was Super Mario Brothers 3. Because it made kind of a big leap oh, yeah. from, from 2 to 3 as far as technology goes. And I feel like that was like something that really shaped our gameplay experience. And I can't think of another game that was like on- that. Wasn't three on the Super Nintendo? No, no, it was, no, it was on the regular Nintendo. No. It was a regular Nintendo. It was the NES. I, I tell you though, Super Mario World on the S- uh, SNES was far more profound to me. Like Super Mario Three was great because it had that movie hype, um, yeah. and you had like the <laughs> over you had the overworld uh, that you could interact with, and then you go into the traditional side scrolling once you select your world. But and that was pretty go, cool. You could go back to previous worlds, and sometimes you'd have to to, you know, uh, unlock something. Super Mario World was just like it was a completely, you know, it was going from eight bit to sixteen bit, and it really felt like a a, a generation leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably have fondest memories, honestly, of Super Mario sixty four, because I didn't play a lot mm. of the early games due to lack of television. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Peter so, 64 was like my the I mean, it was my real introduction to 3D gaming and then yeah. also and kind screaming, of digging screaming, deep into Mario. Screaming at the uh camera. Pick a fucking angle. God right. damn it. <laughs> well, I guess I have to pull this out. I had 
non-Super Mario Brothers on the Atari. Oh, yeah. You had just so. the, the regular Marios? The original Mario, Mario Brothers, Bo- yeah. Yes, yeah. Mario yeah. Brothers. That's Super Mario. It, I don't know when I first played mm-hmm. Mario Brothers, but it was after playing Super Mario Brothers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what, 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 what is this shit? This is bullshit. What the? That's the one that was like this uh, Mickey Mouse bullshit, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, not it was basically like one screen, and if you went off one side, you come on the other. Came back around the other. Yeah, and and you you didn't get big, which is the whole super part of the Mario Brothers. Is when you eat the when you touch the mushroom and you get big, you become Super Mario. So in Mario Brothers, you just run around bouncing, you know, jumping up and hitting things on on you know the roof of uh yeah. the level above it and and knocking them off and yeah it was bad but then again it was yeah. atari i mean it's where donkey kong was yeah. like was with the one screen the and the barrels yeah I, I mean it was revolutionary at the time hell i'm pretty sure people shit their beds when they saw pong for the first time <laughs> well known well known facts, known facts yes well, doctors actually used it as a laxative for the longest time. <laughs> it wasn't until the NES came out that they stopped doing that. So It really diluted the Pong brand name because people were like, ah, I Ponged. And it meant something very different. Yep. And then Pong, the little disc game, came out after that. And that totally... You mean Pog? Fuck Pog. Ah, fuck that's, me. That's, that's, that's where the Gen Z term Poggers comes from. Is actually is really? the old Pog game that we had. Yeah, they're they're co-opting words from our childhood and using it to, you know, be all make fun of us. Life. They're like okay Poggers. <laughs> yeah, okay Poggers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Poggers means. What does Poggers it, mean? It, it's something yeah. good, I think. I don't know. I'm not a Gen Zer, so. I don't know. Yeah, it's like you, you you have a young kid come up to you and they're like, gee, Willikers, misters, that's just poggers. <laughs> <laughs> and you just backhand them and you'd be like, get back to work, son. <laughs> I, I don't know. Get back to yeah, work I, in the I, cryptocurrency mines. In my day. Adam would have more experience with that. Okay, so oh. I found the, that episode that I remembered. It, it's okay. it's not spaghetti, it's pizza. So they're making pizza. That seems like an and insult. It's not the mo- and it's not the mafia, it's Gorbachev. What? Gorbachev. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is the most... Wait, is it actually Gorbachev? <laughs> I, well, it, it is after the fall of communism, so it might be. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had that, uh, the television circuit, you know, because... Oh yeah, got to embrace capitalism. So you you write a book, you you do the talk circuit, and you show up on a <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Super show. Mario show. That's how he supported himself was doing speaking engagements in the West. I don't think that this was that <laughs> Adam, long after the fall from... of communism. I am pretty sure <laughs> that. Oh, you're right. It's the Berlin Wall didn't come down until like what ninety. I actually wait. wait. Hold on. This is. November 9th, 1989, so this might actually... Damn, that's like close to when the actual wall uh-huh. came down. What if, no, what if the Super wall, Mario Brothers Super Show... The wall Brothers came Super down Show... on November 9th, 1989. 
Is that so what this episode is? It's the day the wall came down. <laughs> what if the reason why the wall came down was because Gorbachev was on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and he wasn't there to stop the wall from coming down? No, no even better. Like He's... Gorbachev realized it was coming down that day and he was like, I gotta have an alibi. Let, I gotta get it on an American TV show right, right, so somebody right. can see where You'll I am. You see that timestamp? <laughs> God damn it. Look at the air date. Uh, no, he was playing by Martin Gardner. I, I still don't understand how you equated Gorbachev with a mafia. I, I mean, maybe Russian mafia, but not Italian well, well, mafia. Well, there was just, totally well, well, I remember there being this big uh, threat of what would happen if he didn't like the food that they made for him. <laughs> he was going to oh, throw them in they, the Huskow? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> did, they, did they actually have KGB the agents Gulag. there with like... Uh, Umbrellas with sarin gas in it, or uh, like that's how I remember it, but they're not in the actual screenshot. Okay, (laughs) and you and you and you see like the visible dread on Mario's face as he's frantically cooking, trying to make a tasty pizza. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, they are expert cooks because they do manage to make a meal out of two garbanzo beans in this episode. They do, they do. So, uh, speaking of, like, the acting portion of it, Mario's played by the professional wrestler uh, Louis Vincent Albano. Yeah. And he that played sounds Italian. both the live-action voices... and he voices yeah. the, the cartoon character, so he does both. Uh, well, the same is also true for Luigi, the, uh, the fellow that played Luigi. Um, what was his name? Danny Wells. He, he does both yes. the live-action and the voiceover, so... Yeah, he was a Canadian. Yeah, but Albano uh, was actually a professional wrestler from 1953 to 1969. It actually had a very fascinating and pretty successful life because he retired from actually like physically wrestling and became a manager. And in the WWF, which is now the WWE, he played one of the Triumvirate of Terror, which was basically a heel manager up until 1983. Um, But then in 1984, Albano uh, just happened to meet Cyndi Lauper on a plane ride and struck up a conversation with her. And she, like, liked him. Her manager wanted to actually do some sort of collaboration with him because he kind of impressed the manager as well. And he reluctantly decided to play Cyndi Lauper's father in several of her music videos and they they actually had like a lifetime lifelong friendship after this and lopper essentially her manager wanted her to collaborate with albano so lopper came on a like really niche wrestling show uh that was run by roddy piper called piper's pit and on there, it was, she basically went on to talk about her collaboration with Albano, but then Albano, who maintained his character the whole time, basically was saying that he wrote all of Lopper's songs, she owes all of her success to him, he's the one that made her, women suck at doing any of this stuff, there's no way a woman could do the things that she did. So she winds up bashing him about with her purse on the show, and they, like... This is all fake, obviously, because like, they are actually good friends through this whole thing. What? No. It comes to fake? a head. 
it comes to a head and they decide to have a match that was dubbed the brawl to end it all where they basically would wrestle via proxy to determine who was in the right and who was in the wrong and apparently during that wrestling match you can actually see cindy lopper like like she'll pop in and like bash the her opponents her proxy opponent on the head with her purse trying to like throw the fight in some fashion anyway during 1984 she actually did a great deal of cindy lopper did a great deal of charity work with albano and albano was still trying to uphold his heel persona because this was during the time frame and wrestling where they were trying to preserve like the quote-unquote reality of it all so he decided he needed to make a face turn because he was doing too much good stuff that was starting to get like actual attention and get him a little bit of a higher profile so they did this whole bit where he invited Cindy Lauper onto one of the WWF shows to give her an award for all of her charity work and for him to make his face turn to basically become the good guy. And Roddy Piper and Bob Orton, two wrestlers at the time, came on to the mat, made fun of Lopper the entire time, took her award and bashed it over their head. And this got aired on MTV. <laughs> and, and this this moment apparently in wrestling history is what has been credited for wrestling coming into the mainstream and actually like becoming an art form or becoming a quote-unquote art form or becoming a, yeah, a very popular the, type of thing it becomes is, the beautiful sport that we know it is today yeah th this is the I king's think they were, game they call it like the rock and rollification of of wrestling but this is when it becomes like a pro this is when we what we know of of wrestling today this is what started it was this whole relationship between albano and lopper and everybody in the industry apparently accredits albano for actually starting this and getting this whole thing put together so wow and he also happened to be a manager for a band called nrbq oh no and, and he <laughs> he started a bunch of connections in i didn't look up nrbq so i don't even know what they do yeah um, nrbq was the first concert i ever saw oh really yeah they opened for they might be giants really okay yep were they any good or was it uh no they sucked okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> they might have gotten better to my, to my young years they did yeah uh but this is when like after all of this stuff happens i think this is actually like the late 80s this is when uh abano basically makes the jump into hollywood and he starts to like get into films television he does a little bit of music work and uh this is how he became mario for the super mario brothers super show and apparently all accounts of this guy is that he is or he was a great guy like people just loved him and he was like very faithful to his wife he was like like a very morally upstanding guy he would always help out his friends always like try to do the right thing so yeah he um he married his high school sweetheart and they were together for 56 years yeah yeah something insane like that yeah so so this is why it uh, sucks even more that this show blows so much. It blows so hard. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was better just for Albano's sake. So, mm, I don't know. I mean, he may have been a lot of great things, but a great actor he wasn't. Well, I mean, he he wasn't in like any leading roles or anything, and most of the time he basically played characters on uh, music videos. So, I don't think there's a whole lot of acting involved in that. 
Might be my, good mime work, maybe. 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 Well, he did play a heel for, like, what, 40 years, 50 years? Something like that, so. Or 20 years, as the case may be, 69 to 84. Jesus. Man, 15 so years. What's wrong with my brain? Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's because I didn't study Common Core math. That's why. Yeah. Mm. That's a problem. Yeah. Also, time has no meaning anymore. That's true. That's true. So let's I was talking to somebody about this. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Did you know that Harriet Tubman was alive when Ronald Reagan was born? She was there? Yeah, she was she was the midwife. Yeah, she was like, uh-oh. <laughs> she was like she that she was in the song like the head nurse spoke up. Leave this one alone. She could tell right away. He was Republican. To the bone. To the bone. Republican. Republican. Trickle down. Just like, economics. Just like a wizard. Gonna trickle that down. <laughs> oh my. Classic. Okay. Classic. So yeah, rat. let's let's get into this exact episode. Um we open with... Oh, good. I haven't missed anything at all. You haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you open, we open with the live-action version. No, no, where... no. We are not skipping this. Okay, all right. Let's do the theme song there, Matt. With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. Uh, we open on Mario's head, and he tells us uh, that we'll, we are Palzones. Paisanos. Paisano we are Paisanos. God, you freaking white people. <laughs> <laughs> we start uh, on Mario's yeah. face telling us that we're Calzones. And, uh, <laughs> and then, Calzone you. from the sides, Mario and Luigi come in. The live Skanking. action. Yeah. Live uh, action. Mario Luigi. Jump and out the sides. And the rap starts. And no, the, rap the rap tells us that Mario brothers are so great that we are going to become hooked on the brothers. Hooked on the brothers. <laughs> and that somehow they are faster and better than others. And that the danger to us is that we shall become hooked on these brothers. Yes. And that refrain is repeated as a motif throughout a horrible meshing of live action and cartoon in which these two elderly white men are superimposed over uh, car sequences of brightly colored cartoons and they and attempt to skanking. dance and interact with, yes. with the environment. But, but they're doing that whole dance thing where, like, they're not allowed to move because they're obviously green screen. Right, yeah. So they were told, do not move off of your mark, but dance. So they're just sort of, like, marching in place and, like, just wiggling their butts around while they're waving their arms. Yes, and fake running. It is really one of those magical experiences I think I've ever had. <laughs> well, I like how in the in the song itself, they're actually trying to introduce the characters, and they say something like, "Like Mario, Luigi, the princess, and the others." 
Yeah, and it's just Toad. And, and the others is just Toad. Yeah, that's it. And, and they say that because, uh, obviously, we're going to be hooked on the brothers, like the others. And uh, yes. I felt like Toad was robbed here. This was definitely like a... Because we all know from our experiences when we were kids that Toad's the best. Right. Oh, yeah. He's the quickest. Uh, and, um, oh, and I'm sure that best. in later... The version, later versions of this song, they just real quick put put in there, Professor and Marianne, yeah, and then yeah. that just fixed the problem. Exactly. We just tagged stuff on at the end. But anyway, in this, as we get into this specific episode, we open up, uh, it is uh, Luigi kind of fake uh, polishing his boots while he's talking to himself about how he's giving his boots to Mario because he can't afford a proper present for his brother. Guys, so he's, you, you uh, go into over analysis and over research. Um, yeah, is that's, the acting that's our shtick. Yeah, it's yeah. your shtick. So, is is the acting supposed to be really bad, or <laughs> like, or are they just really bad actors? Like, is it supposed to be like, is that their shtick? Uh, like, I I am sure that this is all overacting. Like, this is intentionally supposed to be for kids. It's supposed to be a kids show. So, so we're assuming kids are absolute idiots and yes that, back like, then yes back, we've already covered that in this podcast kid first of all mike you know for a fact that kids are absolute idiots uh, but were we were we more idiots back then like were kids in the 80s absolute like vapid morons that that needed like this kind of acting i i feel like i feel like yes i I don't know. Tell us so more about fun. how you would you would sit in school daydreaming about coming home to watch this garbage. <laughs> well, well, it was the also... cartoon portion, not the live action portion. Sure. But I also don't like being. I didn't like being patronized back then. <laughs> <laughs> but you like it now, right? Well, you like I, it when I do it to you now. <laughs> it, it's a different feeling. Yeah. It, it it tingles in different parts. Yeah, it's your fetish now. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just looking at this through adult eyes like we've covered, you know, yeah. a, a thousand times before about, like, but it's just, I don't know. I Maybe I did enjoy that kind of uh, acting back then, but it just... Nah, I mean, I, I think we know. probably recognized it was bad back then. Yeah, I mean, this I is the kind so. of bad acting where they're literally shouting every line at each other. Yes. I was going to try to go into, like, the the cacophony of noise in this as well. Yeah. But I think it actually might, it might be partially because of the uh, the recording of it that we're watching. But, but no, I think that when we were kids, we did recognize it as bad acting. But I think it was also one of those things of, like, we didn't have much other options back then. This was, this was before we had, uh, before we really had the internet. I know the internet existed, but it was before we really had the internet. And, before, like, well before any type of streaming service. But, uh, but yeah, so that goes to the reason why the bad acting is here is because we didn't really have any other choice. So, yeah, like the, <laughs> right, my, yeah. the unsophisticated writing at the time, like the bad acting, all of that was what was thought to be like mainstream by whoever was producing the uh, television programs, and we just suffered through it. it no, I until... think it's because it was fucking cheap. Like, that's why this half of this show is live action, because it's fucking cheap. No, no, you, you are right. It's cheaper than them trying to animate, like, a full 30 minutes or a full 22 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, it's a way but to it's... spread, like, they, they probably had, like, maybe 60 cartoons, 
mm-hmm. at 15 minutes a pop and they're like well we got to make a show out of this yeah but i think that i think that there's also even though it was cheap i think that there was still the expectation that it was still considered entertaining and that people were going to watch it and not just sort of like suffer through it but people were actually going to like enjoy it and they were mistaken fraggle rock had like the like the live action portion of it yeah but it, i mean fraggle rock was live action it was puppets yeah, yeah but you have yes, that, that's how it. you make that's how you do puppets yes but what i mean is like you had the human part of it too you had sprockets where you had uh code in the wet sprockets no sprocket was the name of the dog what was the name of the doc doc yeah so they're like yeah and then you had like the explorer that went out into the world and there was like real world interactions not just fraggle interactions but anyway regardless of this tangent yeah again all very cheaply made we open up to this episode titled santa claus is coming to flatbrush bush because it i'm sorry flatbush yes because flatbush brooklyn is where all this takes place yes matt tell us about flatbush brooklyn what's it like now I uh, well it's all right i've never really been down there um like south of the park it's probably fine maybe a little rough okay so we open on luigi uh pol- fake polishing his boots and talking about how he needs to get the skip together because he's giving his boots to his brother for christmas because he didn't have money to buy an actual proper gift and they were he's talking about how times are tough and we see in the background some um, stairs moving, like the underside of stairs are moving, as if like there's like a foam staircase and somebody was pressing down the foam to make it look like somebody was walking. But Luigi yells out to his brother Mario, who's walking in, "Hey Mario, don't come in yet. I'm not done wrapping your present. Stay there." And is basically trying to hide his feet from Mario underneath the table after he finishes wrapping the gift and putting it underneath the Christmas tree. And he wraps it in newspaper. In newspaper, yeah. That's how poor they are. Mario comes in and says that he's got dinner, and Luigi is all excited and gets his fork and spoon ready on the table, the classic bashing your silverware on the table in anticipation of good eats. And Mario has a giant paper grocery bag in which he pours out two chickpeas. And he says, two garbanzo beans, that's all we got. That's all we could afford. And that's when Luigi says, okay, I'm going to add them to the steam soup so we can actually plump them up with a little bit of body. This brings up a good point. Have have any of you guys hired a plumber to do anything in your house before? Yes. Yeah. How much do they charge? Three beans. Yeah, at least. <laughs> like $200 well, an hour, right? Yeah, but that, just that's, really... in like, that's in 2021 money, though. All right, yeah, yeah. so let's, let's de-inflate it um, back to 1989 I think there's a word for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> de-inflate. Yeah, de-inflate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like when you de-thaw something in the freezer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They must be exceptionally bad plumbers to be this poor in Brooklyn, like in, in New York City. Like, yes. the 80s was still a time when blue-collared 
were blue collar, but they were making decent money. Yes, so, everyone knows that Brooklyn is a plumber's paradise with and, toilets unplugged everywhere. Everywhere, even everywhere. in the kitchens of studio apartments. They had Pittsburgh toilets in every basement. That's right. And a chicken in every pot. And a pot in every chickpea. And a pea in every... You also have to understand, this is 1989. Uh, This was right after the Reagan era, right? So this is going into the Bush era. Uh, So they deregulated plumbers? Mm -hmm. No, so so trickle-down economics was working at this point in time. (laughs) They got trickled on. As and they got right? trickled on, yes, yeah. by the wealthy. Yeah, they're pretty hapless. But also just the the tone of this segment overall is so uh, bizarre because it's, it's a bit quite dark. Like it, it is. It's, they're depicted as basically horrible failures who are slowly starving to death, but they're having like an O. Henry Christmas where they give each other each the thing they most value in the world. It's uh, a radical shift from what we're going to see later. Do you do you think that um that their apartment is rent controlled? No. <laughs> it seems awfully big for a, a New York apartment. But it's also a basement apartment, so yeah. And it's probably it's actually probably a a workspace because on the front of the building at the very beginning of the intro, you do you see where it says Mario Plumbers. So this is probably their office that they have converted into a living space by just adding cots. Yeah. And that like step down thing is like a basement trope where you you have a, yep. a a big boiler room or something like that. Yep. But to your point, Matt, where you did say this is relatively dark, it is in the sense that like we're watching two people that are impoverished just struggling in their livelihood and the whole thing is being played for laughs. Like, literally, yes. there's a laugh track that pops up whenever they're like, oh, boy, I'm so hungry. Oh, all I have to eat is this bean. <laughs> not only a, not only a laugh track, but they've augmented the sounds with uh, video game sound effects yep. whenever they're going upstairs or transitioning just to fill space in how awkward and poorly plotted this is. Yep. But at any rate, Mario then uh, puts his favorite wrench in a in the uh, grocery bag, and he rolls it up and puts it under the tree as a gift for Luigi. That's when we hear the door knock, and we see a old fat gentleman with white hair and a white beard in red long johns come to the door complaining that he had just been robbed, his mode of transportation had been stolen, and obviously all of his clothes had been removed, too. So it probably wasn't even that he was robbed. It was that he was mugged. That's just how dangerous and rough it is here in the rough big city. This concrete jungle. <laughs> well, what's funny is I think this is the first time we've recorded the show and we haven't had sirens going off in the background for you. You just so. missed it. It was earlier. Yeah, um, it was, was earlier. It? <laughs> I, yeah, I heard it. So the, the brothers, being good Italians, are not willing to... Uh, skimp on the hospitality so they invite this gentleman named nick into their home and they try to warm him up and they put on a put down another plate they're gonna split their meager meal with them to try to make him happy and make him whole and this is when we uh jump to the cartoon world which is the future and we get the in- another intro song to the cartoon 
which, to Matt's point, is probably a lot more filler. We get the opening credits, which shows how the plumbers actually came to the uh, Mushroom Kingdom. And it opens up with a plumber's log, like every episode does. And in it, Mario is saying that they are on their way to the uh, Toadstool Colony, or the Mushroom Colony, I think they call it, to warn them that Darth Koopa is on his way. And while they were in flight, they didn't realize that they were the ones that were about to be in trouble. So already we get a Star Trek Captain's Log mixed with Star Wars, just to infuriate fans that much more. And later on in this episode, they even refer to the speed at which they're going as warp. So, oh, unforgivable. So they they completely mixed it all up, and it took me completely out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. But at any rate, we uh, we see the uh, Koopa Star, which essentially is like a giant water faucet that's flying after the spaceship that. Luigi, Mario, Toadstool, and the Princess are flying around in. And the Toadstool and the Princess are playing cards, and Mario and Luigi are flying, and Mario goes over the intercom and says something like, Battle Stations, or Buckle Up, we're about to get attacked by the Koopa Star. And the Koopa Star is being piloted by Mauser, who apparently is Darth Koopa's first hand man. Or his number and one. He, I think they're trying to play him as German, but he really comes off as Jewish. German. It's, it's Maybe very it's just more bad acting. Yeah. Well, and I was actually wondering about this too, because because Mauser is a a bad guy in Super Mario Brothers two. He's one of the guys that like throws bombs, but he's he's not like he's not German or anything. He's just a giant mouse that wears sunglasses. Like there's not anything to him. The Flying Pizza is the name of Mario's ship, and the the Koopa Star tractor beams in the Flying Pizza, and all of the stormtroopers are Koopa Troopers that are basically in white plastic outfits with their shells on the outside. These guys kind of looked badass. Especially they did. The, I actually liked them a lot. Yeah, especially the big ones. They looked like they had Fallout helmets on from yeah. uh, Fallout 4. They look like a Brotherhood of Steel, yeah, but stylized a little bit more with white armor, basically. Yeah, they were. That was kind of sick. We cut to an interior shot of the flying pizza, in which uh, all of the good guys pull out their light plungers, and Luigi has a hard time turning his on until he finally does, and it pokes him in the face. And the princess takes it from him and says, "Don't forget the magic word, Luigi. May the pasta be with you." It's the theme of the episode. It's the theme of the episode. Although, I forgot to mention in the beginning of this cartoon, uh, Mario does talk about trying to increase the speed to the flying pizza. And that's when he says that he's going to pour on the pasta power. So I think pasta power is a regular phrase used in the Mario cartoons. It's clearly the type of fuel that they use and that they huff. So, Mike, you you said you've been watching these episodes? I I watched only a few. Okay. I I watched the the Native American one and the wrestler one where Sergeant Savage was on there. So you can't confirm or or deny our suppositions? 
Yeah. Uh, correct. Or not correct. I can neither confirm nor deny that either. Mm-hmm. He's never been a member of the pasta party. <laughs> no, he never but I have has a... been and never will be a pastafarian. I, uh, I can uh, I, I can confirm that I have been touched by his noodly appendage. <laughs> At any rate, what we wind up getting is we get an epic uh, light plunger which light would be a light sword battle on the ship. And right before it star- starts, Mario says something, and I, I tried, I've, I've literally watched this like five or six times now, and I've, tr- I've tried to figure out what the hell he says. And it's either, he says, be prepared to defend quarters, or be repel prepared borders. to repel quarters. I think it's repel borders. That makes a lot of sense. No, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because Toad's response to that was, that's what my landlady says when I asked for my cleaning deposit back. Mm. And I think that, I think it's repel quarters. No, no, no. Be prepared to repel quarters. It's a pun on the word border, right? Like, it could be someone who is boarding a ship, or it could be someone who rents a room, a border. That's what the joke was supposed to be? Fine. <laughs> I'm wrong. Matt's right. That's all I ever want to hear. <laughs> but the sword fight actually winds up ending, ending in the brothers' favor. They wind up destroying all of the Koopa Troopas. And that's when Darth Koopa enters the fray himself. And he challenges Mario 1v1 in a lasered sword fight. In which Mario begins to dominate. I'm sorry, a laser plunger fight. I'm sorry, a light plunger fight. A light plunger fight. Thank you. Does that mean Um, they have a a kind of a breezy fight? Yeah. With plungers? Or they they have plungers made of light? They lightly tap each other with a plunger. With plungers. Back and forth. Yeah. Yep. A a heavy plunger fight would require more buff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, tapping tapping each other with plungers sounds like a night at Mike's house. Oh yeah, it's light on the plunger part of the fight, and then it's heavy on the Koopa pulls out a gun and shoots everyone part of the fight. <laughs> yep, yep. Yes, because once he starts losing, Koopa pulls out a freezing ray and he starts freezing uh, each of the good guys, and they literally are like stuck in a block of ice. And that's when we get a segue to like the bridge of the Koopa Star, and we have. Uh, Mauser essentially shoot all the frozen uh, good guys with another ray that thaws them out. It de-unthaws or, them. Yeah, as, as Mike it, likes to say, de-unthaws them. It de-unthaws them, yes. It re-undoes freezing on them. And what winds up happening is uh, Mauser then holds them hostage with the unthaw, unthawing ray in order to uh, ensure their compliance. And Darth Koopa explains to them that the mushroom colonists refuse to give up their planet. And he needs the princess to essentially convince them to give the planet up to him so he can become the Lord Ruler of the Galaxy. Or he will shoot it with his... Birdo Birdo Ray, which is just a giant egg. The Birdo Ray is a giant egg. And... I couldn't tell, because they showed a simulation of it. I couldn't tell if in the simulation the planet was just covered with a white yolk, 
or uh, I'm sorry, a white, uh, the egg whites of a giant egg, or if they actually like froze the planet in some fashion. Him having a freezing ray really confuses his power set. Yes. And at any rate, the the simulation ends with the uh, the entire planet, which looks like a globe with a little like globe stand attached to it, uh, covered in some sort of white gooey substance. And if you recall, Birdo is actually one of the primary bad guys in uh, Super Mario Brothers Two, the American mm-hmm. version. And it's like a weird, like Hubert-style lizard creature that shoots eggs out of their snout. Yeah. And you have to jump on the egg and pull it up and grab it in your hands and throw it at Birdo. She's really going to regret that later. I hope she froze some. You know, like when she's in her 30s and like, no, I really wanted to start a family. But she's shooting her. She's shooting eggs willy-nilly. The princess says the um, the mushroom colonists will never give in and he should just uh, give up now. And that's when Darth Koopa says, you're right. I'm going to go ahead and shoot them anyway. Let's get a countdown from 30 minutes. In 30 minutes, I'm going to shoot the colony. Right. I have to assume that's a technical limitation as opposed to just an arbitrary clock countdown. Yeah, it's it seems like it's arbitrary clock countdown, but sure. Let's say it takes like 30 minutes for them to warm up the Birdo Ray. Yeah, to load it, to prep it. Well, it takes 30 minutes for Birdo to actually lay that egg because it's such a giant egg. Right. So. She's giving up her future happiness for the for this corporation. For, for the good of this company? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the Galactic Empire? She's she's on our anti-work, fucking blowing up the subreddit. But uh, in order to get rid of the good guys, instead of just freezing them, as they said they were going to, the bad guys are now saying, okay, we're going to dispose of you by throwing you into a giant garbage disposal. And Mauser starts going through some technical data about it before actually just throwing them in. And it looks like it's just sort of a giant tube going straight down with uh, a bunch of blades that don't actually touch each other spinning around that you could easily just sort of fall through without actually getting hurt. But they get tossed in. So quick thinking from Mario, he uses a actual plunger to adhere himself to the side. They form a barrel of monkey style Mm -hmm. uh, holding on to that plunger. And that's when Mario yells down to Luigi, who's at the end of that chain. Hey, Luigi, you remember all those garbage disposals we had to fix in New York? Which, given the live-action portion of the show, we have to assume is none, because they don't actually have any work or any jobs or anything. I have to assume also at that time, like, the infrastructure in New York would not have strongly supported... Garbage disposals? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been more of a luxury item at that point. You you need your pipes to be able to handle the amount of trash that you're going to flush down them. That's for sure. And especially with some of that oil construction, you probably had, like, cast iron waste pipes, which just, like, degrade over time and they get pitted. Mm -hmm. And, like, any garbage, even if it's, like, finely chopped for a garbage disposal that goes down there, just clogs that shit up. Uh, In New York, they sell lead. Oh, really? The lead pipes? Mm -hmm. They still have lead pipes, I think. Maybe not now, but they did at the time for sure. Yeah. Yep. Toxic. It is toxic. You know, that's actually one of the factors that people will uh, cite for uh, the reason why crime went down. In the, yes, uh, but that was unleaded gasoline. It was cause, yeah, because of gasoline. They got the lead out of the gasoline. So, people that's were That's where the term get the lead out comes from. Yeah. 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 That's right. 
Then when we were at school and I kept trying to remove the graphite from my pencils. Mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, Luigi says, yeah, all those garbage disposals were uh, clogged up with silverware. And he pulls a uh, spoon and a fork out of his pockets, begrudgingly tosses them at the whirling blades, and they lightly tap the blades and everything shuts down. And they all fall through the rest of the garbage disposal to get wrapped up in a space-aged biodegradable waste container, which turns out to just be a metal trash can with a bunch of plastic attached to it. Yeah, it looks like they have a mattress taped to the bottom of it. Yep. And they wind up shooting out of the gas tank of the Koopa Star towards the planet. When they land on the planet, they land in the... Desert biome. Yes, the desert biome. And they basically go through that desert level of uh, Super Mario Bros. 2. So Luigi winds up landing on Pokey, cactus creature that has a bunch of segments that you're supposed to like knock apart. And mm-hmm. the rest of the gang land on a buried Cobrat. And they wind up... Each party runs, each party runs from their perspective danger to meet up in the middle and they <laughs> their perspective they... what's that <laughs> respective that's what i said respective no you said they ran from their perspective dangers did i oh i meant to say respective. look you can't talk Fuck you i can't talk awesomely goody my word creation through mouth hole is adequate I agree. um so they, they run from their respective danger and meet up in the middle and duck down. And as they duck down, Cobrat spits a bullet out that hits Pokey and blows Pokey up completely. Was that a power they had in the game? I don't remember them doing that. Yeah, they, they did. They actually spit uh, like pellets. They weren't bullets, but they did spit like little globs of things at you. I think it was supposed to be like venom, but it was just sort of round ball, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's when they all mount the Cobrat. And as they're riding off into the sunset, we cut back to the Koopa Star, where in voiceover, Darth Koopa asks Mauser, how much time do we have left in the countdown? Mm-hmm. And Mauser says 16 minutes as we focus on a clock that says four minutes. It says 421, I believe. And it is, it is like an establishing shot of the fucking clock. Why did they even have that in there? But they even change it later. In a later scene, it says sixteen. Yeah, in the background, in the next, like in the next angle of that scene, in the background, it says sixteen. Yeah. So, so why just omit that part? It's I love weird. it. It's, it's my favorite. See, this is why I hate uh, cell animation. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yes. Yes. Tell us Be- about your ridiculous hate. Because someone clearly sat there drawing four minutes, and then when it got to the post production, they're like, "Oh crap! This says four minutes. Oh well, just use it." What What we should have seen was actually like the cell animation with a bunch of whiteout on it. You know, or like when Wolfie just, you know, they flies up to the sky and Simpsons. Um, Poochie. Poochie, oh, whatever. 
Poochie. Woofy, woofy, poochie, you know. That dog. Woofy. This <laughs> is the death you know, of I've Poochie. Got, I, I think they probably animated it for like a, a later shot in the uh, series that in the episode they didn't use. Well, no, because because they actually they they use that same shot. They they use it. They use that same shot later on, where it pulls up onto the clock and it says four twenty five, four twenty four as yeah, it's counting yeah. down. It, and this was part of the space battle portion. So they obviously the, they the reuse cells. the same shot. Yeah, they, they reuse the cells size. once again. Yeah. <laughs> once again once those, again reuse those cells. lazy bastards Ugh. those lazy underpaid animators what are they getting paid for it's their dream job they should be paying the studios to be doing that it's true they get paid to draw cartoons all day long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so have we figured out that Mauser is also a type of German gun and, oh, uh, that's right. And uh, also, Hauser is a um, German name, so maybe that's why they decided to voice Mauser as a, as a German because of the similarities between Mauser and Hauser, and also the German gun, um, quite literally, Mauser. You're right. It's turned it around right. the whole episode for me. This is genius. Yeah, you brought me back into it, Mike. I'm actually, there. actually, that is uh, well reasoned, Mike. It, that probably is the case, yeah, because I'm pretty sure they, they named Mauser Mauser with, like, a hard Z in order to make him sound more like Bowser, because Bowser was the main bad guy, and that just sort of carried over into them thinking of him being more German. And well, in all fairness, like, in the original game, he, he looked kind of Euro trash, because his sunglasses <laughs> were, like, were, like, high-flared on the sides. So. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So I can see him coming in and be like, I'm going to the disco. Oh, oh yes. You just imagine him singing Ace of Base really loudly. Yeah. Mm. I love ABBA. You do know that Ace of Base is actually like a Nazi sympathizing band, right? Do you, you know that Disney is a Nazi sympathizing? Well, Ace of Base is actually named after a Nazi fortress in France. They named the base Ace of Base. Yeah, I. You should look it, it up sounds, on Wikipedia. It sounds Ace better of bases. German. <laughs> Aces of bases. We have our base ace, our ace base. Yeah. Ace base base yeah. ace. Yeah. Who's our space ace of base ace? We're going to get the French. Yeah. Anyways, Mauser, uh, continue. Fourteen continue. minutes. Continue. 16 minutes, 4 minutes. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking up this Ace of Base thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's an article on Vice about Ace of Base secret, secret Nazi past. That's right. We come back down to the planet side where we see Obi-Wan Toady talking to the gang, telling them that they're going to have to fly their spaceships up to defeat the Koopa Star. Which Mario only agrees to do if he can have lunch. Yes. But, but he was denied lunch. He was being told that they would have pasta after the battle. However, to tide him over, Obi-Wan Toady gave him a pizza. And they fly off in their version of the X-Wing, which is basically a bunch of like plumbing fixtures fixed together in almost like an X-shaped fashion. 
and they fly up towards the Koopa Star. Those things will never pass code. They would not. No. Well, ne- neither will the Koopa spaceship, because they're flying around metallic butchered chickens, basically. Yeah, that shoot uh, lasers out of their necks. Out of their neck holes, yes. And we essentially wound up getting the uh, Death Star trench run, and Mario flies into the Koopa Star, and he pulls out a bomb-bomb and throws it at just a random pipe structure, which turns out to be the thing that that they need to hit to destroy the entire Koopa Star. Is there a pun we're missing with the chickens? Is there something with TIE Fighter? I thought long and hard trying to figure this out, and I've got nothing. I really don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yep, who gives a fuck indeed. We get a great uh, cell shot, though. A cell animation shot coming up here, though, when all the good guys come back to the Toad Colony, where we have all the spaceships... They were obviously written, drawn on a sh- on a cell that was then being drug across, drug across the background cell. Because mm-hmm. nothing moves, it just sort of like, or nothing changes perspective, it just sort of moves. And it moves all in accordance with each other. So I thought that would be the shot that Mike really enjoyed from the cell animation. I like the yeah. shot at the end where they, uh, all the idiots laugh at nothing. All the idiots laugh at nothing. That's right. That's how you gotta have that in every cartoon. That's how you know you're in a quality show. And then we cut back to the live action version in which Nick is wolfing down on all of the Mario Brothers food. And Mario is sitting at the table with him and keeps offering him his food. And Luigi comes back in from outside wearing only sandals saying, oh, I just spoke with the cops. I wasn't able to find your vehicle. I didn't see anything out there. Sorry about that, Nick. And Mario yells at him, What are you doing out there without your boots on? Why are you wearing sandals? And Luigi says, There was something wrong with my boots, so I took them to the shoemaker. Meanwhile, Mario has also given what's clearly Santa Claus both of the, both of the steam soups. Yep. But... Were I Mario, I would be so pissed at Luigi if he had the money to go to a shoemaker and I was eating a single fucking garbanzo bean for my Christmas meal. Mm. I would smack him up and just be like, you can be uncomfortable in those shoes until we get the next gig. But we gotta fucking eat something. Why did you take your shoes to the shoemaker if you have money for shoemaking or if you have money for shoe repair? You son of a bitch. You think it's Luigi's spendthrift, hypothetical spendthrift ways that have ruined their business? Yes, I think so. I mean, he's depicted as a less competent, more cowardly brother. Mm -hmm. At any rate, they're all interrupted by a cuckoo clock ripping in half and the bird shooting out of it in Mario's voice screaming, it's midnight, it's midnight, it's Christmas Day. And everybody's everybody jumping up and down and celebrating that it is, uh, in fact, Christmas. Yeah. And this is when they run over, grab the gifts, because they're each going to open up their gifts. And Nick is just at the table looking pathetic, like, oh, poor me. I don't have any gifts. 
and the brothers just give him all of their worldly possessions, basically. They give him the gift of the shoes and the gift of the wrench, two things that dude clearly does not need, but he takes them anyway. And it's yeah. gleeful to be taking this from the brothers. Yeah. And he really, I mean, he definitely plays the martyr where he, he says, like, oh, it must be nice to get gifts on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clearly fishing. We do a hard cut to the brothers. We actually get the flying Mario face. Yeah, it's oh, I'm sorry, so I'm sorry. abrupt that it, it's almost painful. You you it, are right. You are right. It is the flying Mario face, but it goes directly into the brothers in their old-timey sleeping gear, complete with uh, hats, the sleepy time hats, that I questioned whether anybody actually ever wore those. I don't know if that was actually a thing or not, but it's... Definitely thing that's depicted in movies and TV shows. What, you don't wear them? Then? No, I don't. I don't. Do you wear a, a stocking hat with a uh, ball at the end of it? Yeah, well, that's the only way to walk up the stairs with your, uh, with your candle stick yeah. and, uh, yeah. and then look out the window and say, You there, boy, what day is today? Mm. I do that, but I only wear the stocking cap. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's to keep your head warm. That's where you lose all of your heat. Yep. So who cares about the rest of your body? And I go I go up to the window and I say, You there, boy, how did you get out of the sex dungeon? <laughs> and the boy says, Please, sir, Please. can I have some more? Yes, you can. <laughs> I think we're confusing movies. You think? <laughs> but the... Uh... But yeah, it does this hard cut to them in that sleepy time gear. Luigi, in the f- in the foreground, where you really just see his face, and he, like he has his fist under his chin, and he, like his eyes are closed, almost like he's sleeping, sitting upright or standing. And mm-hmm. in the background, we see Mario on the stairs, and Luigi says something like, "It's it's past midnight, Mario. What are you doing up?" And Mario says. I'm just excited to see these clips about the next Zelda series, or the next Zelda episode. And we do Mm -hmm. a cut into The Legend of Zelda. A pretty long advertisement for The Legend of Zelda, in which Zelda and Link appear maybe three times. Maybe. Yeah. And then it's all the side characters. It's all the bad guys. It's not even like the side characters, it's like literally the henchmen. We spend all the time with the henchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so it, it is exactly one minute and 16 seconds out of <laughs> this entire show with, like, you know, the, the two Italian guys doing all their, their stupid stuff and running around. And, and then the Mario show. I know this is the Mario show, but they heavily advertised that Legend of Zelda was supposed to be in the Super Mario Super show yeah and they always had it in the the commercials about legend of zelda and i was super hyped because i actually liked legend of zelda way more than super mario brothers and well yeah yeah so you property so you sit through 18 minutes and 51 seconds to get one minute and 16 seconds of legend of zelda henchmen running around 
shooting. Uh, well, we'll get into it, well, but it's only acting, one minute. Acting and... incompetence. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. We, you can go in and go into it. It's, Being it's, comic it's, relief, basically. Yeah. This is episode 51, so this is a Monday show, too. Yeah. For yeah. the legend, and then it's advertising Zelda, which is only on Fridays. And this is episode 51 of 52, so they didn't even have the Legend it's, of Zelda. It's that 65. Friday. Oh, is it, it is 65? Oh, okay, okay. My bad. My mistake. Sorry. Even this short clip and its focus on the side characters, even though I know that the Zelda show was garbage, it still looks better. No, yeah, it looks it looks better than Super Mario Brothers, but I did I did have some gripes in it because they did go ahead and introduce the the core concept. And the core concept was that Link and Zelda were protecting the Triforce of Wisdom. And Ganon had the Triforce of Power. And if Ganon got the Triforce of Wisdom, he would be the ruler of the entire land. And the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, where's the third force? Where's the Triforce of Courage? Why aren't you talking about the fucking third Triforce? It's Tri-Force. It is Tri. There would be three of them. Why are you only mentioning two? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I right actually like the idea that there's a Triforce of Porridge. Instead of courage, and it, oh, it feeds oh, everyone. <laughs> the, the, tri, the triforce of porridge is going to be the uh, hipster restaurant I open up. No, the, <laughs> the, the triforce of porridge is what the Super Mario Brothers wanted in order to be able to eat. Oh, the poor guys! Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead so of their sad. one bean soup, he really looks like he skipped a lot of meals. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of them. I did check, though, that The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link, came out in uh, late 1988. So they would have had Zelda 2 as source material for this, which is one of the reasons why I think the animation is a little bit better, because they actually were using more defined sprites, I guess. Legend of Zelda 2 was lit, man. It the, was. The, si- the side-scrolling and the top, yep. the top down, oh, it blew my mind. Oh, <laughs> yes. As soon as you get the stab down upgrade, oh, oh yeah, it, it was oh, yeah. over. Yeah, and then yeah, you but just pile drive to everybody. But then you yeah. realize <laughs> later on that you have an up thrust too, and you're like, oh my god, those bats are dead now. Yeah, those the yeah. bats that tormented you early on in the game are like nothing anymore because you just stab up at them. Uh, but in this entire clip, we basically see the henchmen defeating themselves constantly. Through their own incom- through their own incompetence, so we don't even know what the episode was actually about. So, from this, we we cut back to Christmas morning with the live action brothers, in which they get a note. Nick is gone; they don't know where he went. But they got a note from SC, where SC says, "Hey, brothers, the cops found my vehicle, and I checked under the seat, and I had a little something underneath there for you." And then you hear a ho 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 in the background, and a you very see hearty ho ho ho. The silhouettes of a sleigh and reindeer going across the window. Yeah, and the the brothers look at each other perplexed, and they're like, "We thought his name was Nick. Could it have been? Nah." And the entire time, I was like, "What was the fucking gift he gave you? Why did he mention the fucking gift if you're not going to show me what the gift was?" You can like- see the boots right into the screen, dipshit. No, you see the boots, and I'm sure that you probably could see the uh, the wrench in there, too. But he said there was something else under the seat for them. What was the thing under the seat? He gave them boots and a wrench. 
But they already had the boots and the wrench. He no, gave he them took back them. No, no, he gave them back the boots and the wrench. I would have been like, motherfucker, if you're Santa Claus, you better give me something a little bit better for my time. I think he gave them new boots. You think so? Uh, yeah, but same wrench. Because fuck Luigi. <laughs> we then uh, get cut to a scene of the Mario Brothers with a fully dressed Santa Claus in their apartment slash workspace where the three of them start swinging their arms side to side and they yell out, Good night, everybody. Do the Mario. Mm-hmm. And we cut into the end credits where it is the music, the Mario Brothers music, which is just do the Mario. Swing your arms from side to side, then get really fat and jump up and down. No, he explains <laughs> the full Mario dance to us so we could all perform it. You, you swing your arms from side to side, then you take one step forward. Just like Everyone that, And jump to the right. Nope. Put your it. hand on your hips. Nope. Oh. <laughs> you swing your arms from side to side, and then you take one step forward. And you have successfully completed the Mario. Yeah, you can't jump to the right. You'd be off the uh, green screen. That's true. <laughs> All right, guys, what'd you think? I must have been easily entertained as a kid. This is abysmal. This is abysmal (laughs) on almost every level. There is almost nothing about this that isn't lazy. Even, like, what I assume were the executive notes, like, put a rap song in it, is lazy. Yeah, yeah. Almost the only thing that's good about it is some of the background paintings are nice, but not that many. What do you think, David? Yeah, I did not have any interest in watching this once I started watching it. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two good things about it, and that is that we learned how to do the Mario, and we learned the dangers of becoming hooked on the brothers. Well, we also, <laughs> just through our podcast right now, we also learned what Gorbachev was the night the Berlin Wall came <laughs> So... The burning um, question. Uh-huh. I think that this show was one of the main reasons why I had the rule when I was a kid that all cartoons based off of video games were horrible. Mm. This, I think this is where this came up. I thought this is where your hatred of live action came from. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not from this. My, my, my biggest question that was burning inside of me throughout this whole thing was Mm -hmm. what the fuck does Star Wars have to do with Christmas? Uh, Did you know Star Wars is a uh, Christmas movie? Why Mm -hmm. did they? Well, it is now because Disney has started producing them and releasing them during the Christmas season. But at the time of this coming out, why did they not just make a Christmas fucking episode, a cartoon, a Christmas cartoon episode? Christmas uh, is such like an easy thing for them to use as a trope for them to go into within the cartoon. Because the strength of doing the show this way is they didn't have to have any relationship with each other. The cartoon and the live action show have no relationship. Apart. Yeah. Then so, why make a Christmas episode of the fucking live action portion? A again lazy. 
Just checking here. Yeah, this also came out in November. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just say Surprise. they do say Christmas comes to Flatbush, and we do celebrate Christmas early here in New York. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, no, that's right. In 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 New York, it's not Christmas; it's Xmas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Xmas. Okay. When we all go into Times Square and have a good wank. That's right, with your horrible meat bodies. <laughs> the last episode came out December 1st, and it looks like the special guest was Elvira. Wow. Oh, what? They had Elvira as a special guest on the kids' show? Of course they did. Jesus yeah. Christ. She was, she was totally a kid's, like, she was kid-friendly. They probably gave her a different costume there. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. Not for any other reason, but for educational purposes. <laughs> it's their last show. It was too late to cancel them. Yeah. Right. They decided to go out with a bang. Literally. Nope, Jeez. it's the same costume. One of the things that really stood out to me about the live action bit is actually, and it was a little hard to see because of the, the quality of our transfer here, but yeah. the, the makeup. It looks like they have just cake makeup all over. Yeah. No, <laughs> it does. It does. Especially, especially Luigi. Like when they do the close-up of Luigi, that's when you actually get a chance to see it. Yes, like in in greater detail. And it looks like Mario's makeup wasn't ever strong enough to deal with how dark the bags under his eyes were, or they 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 leaned into it and they really darkened those bags up. Yeah, yeah. That's all the drugs you do. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of screenshots from this uh, Elvira episode. <laughs> I wonder why. There's there's actually there's a shot of of her standing there with both of the brothers with like their arms around her waist and her twirling their mustaches. Oh yeah. Her twirling their porn mustaches. Does yeah. that make you happy? It makes me something. It makes me confused about this being a kid show because it definitely it also had because I think it's mainly because it's in New York and there's a fat man and there's a lot of screaming, scream acting at each other. Mm -hmm. To me, this felt very much like the Honeymooners. It, the only thing it was missing was like thinly veiled threats towards each other of physical harm. The way that the Honeymooners had in place. I was thinking that like the character that Mario is in the world world and the character Mario is in in the cartoon world were very different. Like this Mario seems quite empathetic and giving, whereas like cartoon Mario needs to be bribed with food to take any action. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. Cassandra Peterson. Well, I think we've exhausted what we. <laughs> I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. <laughs> So Adam, do 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 you, do you want to watch uh, more of these episodes and possibly see these odd guest stars? I would like to see the odd guest stars. However, I don't know if I'm up for the cacophony of noise that comes off this. I don't know. It was was it my headphones that were causing the problems, or did everybody have an issue with the sound quality? No, the sound quality was bad. Okay. Not only do I not want to see this again, David, 
I would like to request that you go about deleting every episode that you find on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like long-term project, you don't have to do it right away. Wow. But I want you to work your magic and delete this so that future generations don't have to suffer the way we suffered. Well, I, I like fake block program. I love this idea of us actually <laughs> like trying to sanitize the world's information system mm -hmm, to, yeah. re to remove the excessively horrible uh, entertainment programs that we're watching on this on this uh, podcast. Yeah, we're like we're like the time police in the Loki miniseries, but for culture. And not good culture, shitty culture. Here's here's what I would want to do. I would want to keep this on the list. And then next time we hit it, we don't actually watch an episode. We watch a super clip of all of the guest stars and the most insane things they did on the show, all crammed together into like one 30-minute episode. And that's it. I want you to quit cheating. This is cheating. <laughs> Fine. I'll just do it on my own time. No, you're right. I I'm tempted to go watch the Elvira uh, episode, but... Just the Gorbachev that. episode would also be good. Or the sure? Wendy from I Wonder Years episode that Mike was talking about. I think would be interesting. I, I, I just don't want to watch the cartoon. Less interested in the windy one. That said, the it's honestly, the, I think you've hit on something there, Adam. The live action portion of the show is amazingly terrible. Yes. The yes. animated the animated portion of the show is just, bad. just terrible. Uh, the only thing I could say that was good about the animated portion is the pacing. Yeah. And I will also warn you that there there's a reason why Zelda was only on once a week. Yeah, I remember it, was a bit. it was terrible. I wanted to like it. I wanted it to be good. Yeah, me too. But wanting something doesn't make it happen. So so what about you, Mike? Do you want to watch this ever again? Not really. <laughs> I, I mean, only if, only if it gives us good material to make fun of it. But then that still means we have to suffer through it and, you know, waste four hours of our life. Yeah, I was just going to say, the conversation we just had about this, I don't think is actually going to be that entertaining. I don't think we were able to no. actually make a whole lot of entertainment yeah. out of this. So, it's another that, Star Wars point, parody. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the same level of puns uh, that DuckTales does. Well, no. It does wind up committing the mortal sin of mixing up Star Trek and Star Wars too. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. I don't know. I feel like if I was more of a fan of wrestling, I might be into it, but uh, it looks like that, like the char the people they have come on the show to play like the random characters, the guest stars they have to come on to play random characters. They're also not like they're not playing iconic characters of themselves. It's not like they actually had Cher on. They had somebody impersonating Cher on. It's not like they had the guy that played Crocodile Dundee on. They had a random actor Paul that was Hogan. playing a character that was like Crocodile on Dundee. Yeah, Paul Hogan. So. Wow. It's almost like this shitty kids kids show couldn't get the stars it wanted. Yeah. Oh. Huh. 
Yeah, I'd say terrible. Let's let's exercise it. Move it down to the bottom. Thank God. Take it off the list. Let's take it off the list. The show's definitely going down the drains. Can you put in the Mario sound effect of him going down a drain? There. <laughs> sure. Alright. So, uh, next up, are we doing the new batch? I think we did that. Uh, well, well, you did Mike's part. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt, would you let uh, Dearest Child watch said show? I'm going to be not surprised by any of your answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably not. I, there wasn't a, a ton of offensive stuff in here. I mean, there was only one female character. She didn't do anything, yeah. but there wasn't a lot of other problematic stuff. But it's just not very good. It was also just so. it was also just bland. It was just like, yeah, eh. yeah. Don't don't put more garbage in her brain. I, I thought I like recognized the voice of Princess Peach. So yeah, me too. She sounded really familiar. So so I did went and researched Jenny Ellis, who is the voice actor. Yeah. Ooh. Who does it? Oh wow. She's got she, a huge list. Holy crap. Yeah. She was in Psychonauts as the kid wearing a cowboy hat. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. She was in Mass Effect as Farmer and Female Enemies. Any notable roles? She was in Elder Scrolls as Additional Voices. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. She was in Dragon Age Origins as Various Voices. Heathcliff. She was in Heathcliff, yeah. Mike. Yeah. She was all the way back to Heathcliff in, in as multiple voices Dennis the have you ever menace. played someone with a uh, with a jersey voice like a jersey accent because <laughs> I feel like that's where I've heard yeah. her well I, I think the biggest role that I think that we recognize is she did the Oblongs oh nice. she yeah was, she was Beth and Creepy Susie and Mickey Butts okay nice nice Oh, she was also in a bunch of television roles, too. Mar- Maurice LaMarche. Doogie Maurice Hauser. LaMarche. Empty Nest. Nice. Man, she's done a ton of work. Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc. She's always, she's like not often the star, but she's offering doing a ton of background voices and yeah. additional voices. It's nice. Yeah, the, the way to get work as a voice actor is to be able to do different voices. Yeah, it's like yeah. Don't, don't, get, don't get good at one voice. Get, you have to be good at a whole bunch. Just of do a voices. bunch of random ones. Yeah. Let's move on to redemption. Redemption can be redeemed. Adam, oh, me again. Okay. We we are now deficient to Mario in the main mm. list. Oh, well. oh, that is true. That is true. Do we have a Hello Kitty in the main list? Because we have a I lot don't of think those we have that the either. List. We don't have Speed Racer on the main list. I'm adding Speed Racer. Don't add Speed Racer. I'm okay. adding Speed Racer. All right, Matt. It's your turn next. Oh no. oh no! Oh no! I think I think you should think of the same thing. We are down a Mario. We do have Super Mario Three and Super Mario World. These are actually two separate cartoons. 
from what I understand. What? Yeah. So we, we kind of need to split those up. So if you wanted to add one. From the wait list, I'm going to add row 277, Moon Dreamers. Moon uh. Dreamers. Oh Moon my. Moon Dreamers. The fuck is, is that Moon one of the Dreamers? My Little Pony and Friends things? They are a group, group of celestial people who create and deliver peasant, pleasant dreams to Earth children. You ready for a reverse retcon? We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Let's do it. Reverse retcon. I am retcon. ready. I want to try out one of the 1,119 episodes of Pokemon. <laughs> what is index? 474. Ooh, 474. Uh-oh. I think Mike's going to like this. It is a 2003 show called Teen Titans. Never heard of it. Ooh. It has 65 plus one episodes. And we have it classified right, as the superhero genre. I've been watching Teen Titans Go nearly constantly because it's always in the background of this house. Um, You're for a treat. So Teen Titans is actually the one that superhero genre purists always point to, and that Teen Titans Go animeified what was good animation and, you know, solid story for Teen Titans Go, which is potty humor and uh, cheap animation. Yeah, it's 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 actually like super deformed uh, style. Yeah. Which Teen Titans I, was good. I, I remember watching it. Yeah. At least I remember it as good. And it, uh, also, Teen Titans Go doesn't take itself seriously either. It knows that it's a cheaper knockoff of Teen Titans. So it looks like we are going to be watching the 42nd episode titled Birthmark of Teen Titans. And just from the initial look online, it looks like it's probably going to be a Raven-heavy episode. Nice. Alright. Who is going to be the Sumerian? This time it's going to be me. Huh. Oh, how nice. convenient, huh. David. Yeah, question. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we're in for a treat. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I think these dice are loaded. It's because I said it was a Raven-heavy episode, right? That's what <laughs> Yeah, he's like, nobody touch my Ray Ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I got it. Oh, Jesus. I love doing the show, so I don't mean to be complaining and everything, but I did not realize that I had glow friends. I didn't realize I was going to be doing next week's summarization, too. Sorry, buddy. I promise I will do better. I will actually do no. a little bit more research instead do of just wanna, looking at the Do you want to trade? I can take it. Dive. If you no, want to no, no, trade, no. I'm, I'll I'm take good. it. It's, I, I, it's no, been no. a while since I did one. I know, but you also have a child, so I'm good. <laughs> We're good. I'm actually just looking forward to Labyrinth is really what it comes down to. I'm curious how that's going to play out. Yeah. We're going to have to really get a lot more succinct in our summarization. Oh, no, yeah. 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 The same uh, voice actors uh, for Teen Titans are the same ones for uh, Teen Titans Go, actually. Yep. That's kind of cool. Okay, so on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible... We have Teen Titans, episode 42, Birthmark. But next week on Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Glow Friends. 
episode number 15, Caverns of Mystery. I'm so excited for Glow Friends. I'm actually kind of excited for Glow Friends, too. I know, th- this is light, right? It's actually like, is it like a 10-minute cartoon, or is this... Yeah, it's one of the segments from My Little Pony, My Little and, Pony Friends. and Friends, so it's going to be yeah. shorter. I also feel like it's an area we haven't covered before. It's like a sort of gender-neutral toy, like Teddy Ruxpin. Mm. Yeah. I, I think just, for, just because of the the extremely low age that it's targeting. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 So it's like a, it's an area that I have no experience with, and I think is really you know interesting. What? I'm looking at it right now. I think I had some of these toys when I was a kid, like when I was a little little kid. Or my sister might have had some of these tool toys, and I played with them. For amazingly terrible, I have been Baron von Munchausen. For amazingly terrible, I have been Christoph Christensen. Ooh, nice one. Is it? For amazingly terrible, I, so. I have been Antonio Banderas. Nice. <laughs> For amazingly terrible, I've been Terry Gilliam. Whoa. <laughs> good call. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. How many drugs do you think he's done? Two, All of them. Two drugs? Uh, oh. I think like 15. 15? That's a lot. 15. 15. Including uh, Alawaska and that, that drug that makes you zombified in Haiti. Yeah. <laughs> he was turned into an indentured farmer. Yeah, but just for like one rainy season. <laughs> so. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com.